This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. I just feel his presence here, amen? Do you feel his presence here? He's so beautiful. I'm so in love with Jesus. He's changed my life so drastically. And I was, as we were worshiping this morning, and all I could see was just this, it's like a, a video, a movie going before my eyes of, of when I was born and, and the things that took place for me and the things that I took, I did and then the, how God touched my life and he encountered my life and how he began to heal me and transform me and change me to this moment where I get to stand and share with you what Christ has done for us. It is beyond understanding that God of the universe has come and entered into our earth, that he's entered into humanity. The two things that should never have met, divinity and humanity that is full of sin and darkness and depravity, the Bible says. And yet God, who is all loving and light and love and glory and splendor, came in humility to earth as a child in this season so that he could begin to be born, so that he could begin to grow and do for us what we could not do for ourselves because we needed something outside of ourselves to come in and to save us because we were and are a lost people. We were and are a lost people in a dark world and we could not save ourselves. If you are here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ, let me tell you that God has brought you here because he wants you to hear these words. You cannot save yourself. You need me. You need Jesus. It is Jesus and only Jesus, the one and only person, the one and only name that says that we as sinful humanity can be saved. Why is that so? Because Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth, entered into our sinful depravity and said, I'm going to put my seed of my nature and my glory inside of you so that you can change, so that you can be transformed, so that you can decree and declare my name throughout the rest of this dark world. I want the kingdom of God to come inside humanity. I want the kingdom of God to that is so beautiful and perfect to come inside of our humanity that is so ugly and so dark and so broken. You have a treasure in an earthen vessel. God wants us this morning to understand that treasure. And he wants us to let it out. That's the outpouring that Jesus Christ wants to give us. He wants us to recognize that he has already poured out. He has already come in human form through this, the, the baby of Jesus Christ, through the Virgin Mary. 
And he says, because you have come into salvation, because you have come into the family of God, you now have my divine nature in you. You now have my glory in you. You now have my presence in you. You now have my son in you, the son whom I love so completely. You now have him in you, and I love you now so completely. And I want you to share that love. I want you to share that kingdom. I want you to share my son with those that are around you. I want you to share the kingdom of God. In this season, God wants to decree and declare that just as he did thousands of years ago, that he brought his kingdom here on earth, and it is not far away so that you cannot touch it. It is not far away so that you cannot see it. He says it is near you. It is close by you. If you have received salvation, the kingdom of God resides inside of you. If you're here this morning and you have not received Jesus Christ, God decrees and declares to you today that you can just touch it. You can grasp it this morning by accepting his son into your heart and into your life. The kingdom of God is here, and I am already completely off of my notes, and that's okay. <laughs> so me, you're just going to have to fly with me this morning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip, we've been, we've been talking about the preparation for outpouring, the positioning for outpouring, and this morning I'm talking about the posturing for an outpouring. A posture means it's a particular way of dealing with or considering something, and it's an approach or an attitude. Some cinnamons, uh, cinnamon, cin cinnamon. <laughs> we could have some cinnamon here, that'd be a nice Christmas smell. Some synonyms. Um, our, our posture is stance, standpoint, a point of view, or a frame of mind. And I want to focus in on that concept of a point of view. And it's because God wants to move us from the, of a frame of mind of an orphan posture, an orphan point of view, to a reigning posture, a reigning point of view. And in order for a posture to change, it requires us to change that point of view. If you think of an, of an eagle, an eagle flies high so that it can see farther and it can see longer. And the eagles have um, such an amazing sight that they can, they can see from thousands of, of um, meters up. So they can see the earth and they can see a tiny little mouse and they can dive down and grab that mouse. God wants to raise us up this morning. I feel like God wants to bring a revelation. He wants to move you out of the place where you are so that you can see farther, so that you can be higher, so that you have another point of view that you can see from above and not be looking up from below, but you're looking from above down. God wants to change our posture this morning. He wants to change our point of view. And he wants us to recognize that we have a rightful place of identity and a dependence upon God. But sometimes we don't understand that and we don't recognize who we really are as the children of God. And God wants to come and, he's, and I believe he's saying enough of the enemy lying to my people. Enough of the enemy's voice over my people. I'm coming to bring my voice over my people so that they can know and see who they really are 
life and what I want them to do in this earth. Zechariah 4 and 6 says this, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And I love this translation in the New Living Translation. It says, not by force, nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I feel this morning like God, the the Lord of heaven's armies, the commander of the heavenly host, is in this place this morning. I feel like he is standing on the scene this morning. And he is coming to bring a charge to his people. He's coming to bring a charge to his army and to his children and to his his family. To say, rise up, my beloved. Rise up. Come away with me. I have a mission for you. I have a purpose and I have a plan for you. And I want to give you that posture this morning so that you can grasp the, the largeness of my purpose and my plan. Your vision is too small. If you think that you're just a little old you, your vision is too small. You have the kingdom of God inside of you, Josiah. Do you know how big the kingdom of God is? It's our universe and then some. It's ever-expanding. It's always expanding. And it's going faster and faster and faster. So it started out expanding to a certain degree, and now the universe, we know, the scientists know that it's expanding um, greater and greater and greater without it seemingly any borders, and it's expanding faster and faster, so much so that there's seem, the scientists would suggest there's going to come a point in time where everything's going to go dark because it's expanding so fast into what I believe they call is a black hole. Interesting. And the kingdom of God lives inside of us. And in the same way that the universe is expanding, so is the kingdom of God inside of us. And God wants it to expand more and more, and he also wants it to expand exponentially. I think we're moving into a season where God is wanting to pour out his spirit from within us and from without us so that there's just this collision. This, like What I was seeing this morning when we were worshiping was this vision of... of I'm going to say it's like a tornado, but all I could see was this big, huge cloud and this funnel coming down from it. And then we were, we were a cloud of people down here and a funnel coming up, and we were meeting in the middle. And it was creating just this, this, this wake. And I feel like God is just, like, it was just this, like this funnel. So it kind of looks like a tornado. Um, but I feel like God is just wanting us to, to have this outpouring from within us, the kingdom of God that's already inside of us. And then he wants to pour out more so that we meet together and we co-labor, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty, the Lord of heaven's armies. So a question for us this morning is, if it's not by our strength, but God's, then how does he reign on earth? So I need to backtrack a little bit for us this morning so we can, just, we can grasp what God has done and is doing. In Isaiah 64, 1 and 2, 
It says this, If only you would tear the heavens open and come down, so that mountains would quake at your presence, as fire kindles the brushwood, and fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your enemies, so that nations will tremble at your presence. Wow! In Isaiah's time, Isaiah was referring to the fact that there was, gonna, there was a time when they were going to be in captivity, in captivity in this particular section of the Old Testament. Isaiah actually was talking about something that was about to happen. He, they were already in captivity, but they were going to be in captivity to Babylon. The Babylonians were going to take, overtake the Assyrians. They were already in captivity, but there was going to be a, an even greater one, and that was Babylon. And, and Isaiah was beginning to um, speak to the people of how they were going to cry out to God when they were in captivity. And he was speaking about them crying out in the midst of all of their, their darkness and the torture and the, and the um, isolation of being in captivity and being within their land but captive. Being in their land but separated because their nations were separated. And Isaiah was saying that though the Israel was going to call out to God in their desperation and they were going to say to God, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. That you would make your name known just as you did with Moses and the Egyptians when they were in captivity. Oh, that you would make your name known, God. What is your name? The great I am. Come and make, make your name known once again. Rend the heavens and come down. And when it talks about mountains in that scripture, it's talking about authorities and uh, things that were coming against Israel. When you see throughout the rest of the scripture, mountains often speak about authorities. And basically they were saying, God, let your authority come. Let your name, your authority remove and make mountains quake and tremble at your presence. Everything that is against us, everything that puts us into captivity, God, make your name known to it. Make your name known so that those enemies will quake and tremble at your presence. And what I want to share with you this morning, the amazing thing is, is that God has answered that prayer. We live in a day where God has answered what Isaiah spoke of that Israel will call out to God for. You know, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit used to come upon human flesh. And he, he came upon human flesh so that he could move to a place where he could bring Jesus Christ inside of us and so that he could bring an outpouring of the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit would not just be upon a people, but that the Holy Spirit would be in people. And now we live in a day and an age where God is saying, I used to come upon and now I'm in and now I'm asking you to let me Allow me back out. You know, I use that word allow specifically because we can hinder the work of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? We tend to think, oh, God's sovereign. If God wants to move, he can move. If God wants to do this, he can. And can I say that? Yes, he will. Or yes, he could, I should say. But he won't. Why? 
because he, he gave us a free will, and he will not override that free will. If he did, he would be a violator. But God will not violate humanity. He does not override our free will. So if we are not willing to have the Spirit of God move, then he will not move. We have the ability to allow him to move. So this morning, I feel like for some of you, God is wanting to change your point of view so that you will align with his will and you will give him your yes. He wants your yes this morning. You know, Jesus Christ has already given you his yes. He said in him, in his name, everything in the word of God is yes and amen. But we sometimes say, no. Thank you, but no. Or thank you, and I'll take that little bit, but I don't want that little bit, so no. But the Spirit of God says, if you want me to move, if you really, really want me to move, and, and do something new, I will. I will. But I need your full yes. It's like that song this morning um, that said, nothing held back, I think. We give you all our praise and give you all the glory. Um, all in, that's it. We're all in. Everything's in, are we? Are we all in this morning for a move of God? Are we all in for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Not according to our own thoughts or ways, but according to his ways and thoughts, according to his perspective, according to his view, what he wants to do in and through the earth. You know, the amazing thing is, is that um, we're, we're a part of the promises. We're part of the prophetic words. We're part of what Isaiah was seeing and calling out for. Often the prophets in the Old Testament were prophesying things that they did not know would expand to, to our day and our time, and yet here we are living in those prophetic promises, living because those prayers were answered by God, and we are an extension of those promises. We are included in it. We're not separate from it. We're an extension of it. We're continuing to be the, the, the Word of God written. It's not being written in terms of the Bible. That's a canon, and that's closed, but we are still the word of God working and enacting on earth the kingdom of God. Isn't that amazing? We're a part of that, and that excites me. I hope that is exciting you this morning. Isaiah 52, 1 and 2 in the NIV says this, Awake, awake, Zion. And you can put your own name in there. So for me this morning, be awake, awake, Ray. Close yourself with strength. Put on your garments of splendor. Shake off your dust. Rise up. Sit in throne, Jerusalem. Free yourself from the chains on your neck. Daughter Zion, now a captive. Are you a captive this morning? I'm going to say to you that if we do not have the fullness of the Holy Spirit moving in us in such a way that the signs, wonders, and miracles that the Bible decrees and declares will follow his disciples, then we are somewhat captive. I am somewhat captive this morning. I am bringing this word, but I can tell you today that God is speaking this word to me first so that I can bring it to you. He spoke this word to me um, a couple of weeks ago after I did a devotional with the interns, and I went in my office, and I just had this encounter with God. 
Sandra came in, and I'm crying. <laughs> My lights are out, and the music's on, and I'm like, ah. you know, and, and I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry. It's all good. I'm just having an encounter. <laughs> She's like, you know, you just have your little moment. Go for it. Um, and God was just releasing this, this message to me. He was raising and changing my point of view. He was changing my posture. He was changing the way, I'm, what I, the way I've been thinking and feeling. He's been stirring it for a while, but now he's calling me and he's saying, Awake! Awake! Rise up! Sit enthroned! Remove the chains from around you. They're already loosened. You know, in that passage of Scripture, if you were to study it, the chains that were around Jerusalem were already loosened. And God was speaking through the prophet to them to say, you have every ability to get up, rise up, and remove yourself from the captivity that you're in. This morning... You are sitting here because Jesus Christ has come on earth as a baby. He went through his life 33 years, was crucified, dead, and rose again to pour out the gift of the Holy Spirit on all mankind. And he already broke every chain and every bondage and every tomb and every constraint, every prison, every blindness, every lameness, every weakness, everything. He already gave you victory. He, he got the victory for us. And now he says it's your turn. There is a reason why some of us continue to stay in captivity and we keep calling out, God, free me. God, heal me. God, change me. Break the chains. Do all these things. And God says to you, rise up. Sit enthroned. Sit in your rightful place. Sit in your identity. I have already given you everything. I've already broken the chains. I have given you my name. Oh, there is nothing more powerful than the name of Jesus Christ. Do you know what makes it not powerful? Because you might be asking the question, well, if the name of Jesus Christ is powerful, how is it that when I pray in the name of Jesus, this thing doesn't change, or that thing doesn't change, that thing doesn't get done, I don't get it, I don't understand. And then we blame it on God. God wants us to know this morning, you have to understand you have a free will. You have a spirit that the Bible says is willing. So you have a, a yes over here. And then the Bible says you have a soul. And that soul is made up of your mind and your will and your emotions. And God, when he came, and brought salvation, he saved your spirit, and you've got the yes. And now it's being worked out in your soul. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Not by your own strength, but by the power of God that lives inside of you. I will work with you, with your free will, every time you give me a yes. I will break down the walls of your soul, your mind, will, and emotions that do not line up with, with God and his view and his perspective and his thoughts and his heart and his character. I will work with you, but give me your yes. 
The reason why we don't see the power of God moving in the name of Jesus the way we want is because our soul and our spirit are not completely aligned yet. God is working on our mind and our will and our spirits, breaking down every wall, breaking down every thought of the enemy. He says, bring it into captivity. Don't be docile. Don't be complacent. Take the thoughts into captivity. I have given you my spirit to do so. Call on me. Don't do it in your own strength. I will come and help you to take captive every thought. I will come and help you to take captive every emotion that does not align. Emotions are good, don't get me wrong. It's when they're out of balance. God will help you take captive every emotion and bring it into balance according to his will and his ways and his thoughts. He will help you take captive even your own self-will to bring it into alignment with his if you submit yourself to him and allow him to do so. And as we allow our soul to begin to align with God's mind and God's heart and God's will, then they begin to align as a complete and total yes. And as we move into that alignment with a complete and total yes, now I'm not saying you have to be perfect. That's not the issue. The issue is giving God your yes. With nothing held back, no reservation, no God give me some but not all. God maybe, yeah, no, okay, thank you. I'll move on now. God wants our yes. He wants us to say, are you going to be all in? And when I, ha- I already have the yes and you have the yes, then you come into a, a greater measure of the power of the name of Jesus Christ because your life is aligning with the, the will of God, the, the ways of heaven, the ways of the kingdom. You come into alignment with that and then together, co-laboring together, my spirit with your spirit, we co-labor here on earth, bringing the kingdom of God that I have given you, it now gets released through you. We tend to have a mindset that says, God needs to do it for me, instead of God is going to do it with me. God wants a people who will co-labor with him. Cameron and Sandra. Cameron wants a wife who will co-labor with him. Sandra wants a husband that will co-labor with him. She doesn't want to have to carry Cameron. Cameron doesn't want to have to carry Sandra. But together, there's this oneness and this power that when they co-labor together, they move in one direction with one mission and something happens. Do you know that we are the bride of Christ? And that Jesus doesn't want to have to do it on his own? And do you know we don't want to have to do it on our own? We want to co-labor with one another. And as we co-labor with Jesus Christ in his name, then there is this power that is enacted in this world because of our oneness with Jesus Christ. 
That is the the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that God is wanting us to, to connect in with because it's the outpouring of us to him and it's him pouring out to us. And then there's just this co-laboring as we meet and it creates this power, this funnel, this expansion of the kingdom of God. He's pouring out as we pour out. Amen. Um, I just want to talk to you about a picture that I saw from that scripture. What time did I start? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Um, yeah. Um, um, there was this picture I saw years ago of this vast field of people. And it looked like they were dead. And they were, they were laying over this vast field. It was like it, was like, um, it was a, had been a war zone. And, and that's why the impression was that they were dead. And the, the people were there, and they were huge, but they were all laying on the ground. And then there was just this layer upon layer upon layer of this white dust that looked like, like plaster dust kind of, or ashes that were just covering everybody. And in this vision, or in this picture, um, suddenly I saw those, those people start to rise up. And they, as they rose up, they began to shake themselves. They began to shake off the dust. And I realized as God was showing me this, that what he was saying was that he was starting to call his army. He was starting to call the body of Christ to awaken, that they had only been sleeping. It had only looked like they were dead. It had only looked like they had been in a war zone. But they were beginning to be awakened by the Spirit of God. And they were beginning to rise up. And as they began to rise up, they began to shake off the dust and the ashes and the mourning and the oppression and the depression and everything that the enemy had used to try to make them think that you are dead. You have no life in you. You have no strength in you. You might as well just give up. God was beginning to awaken them with the Spirit of God and saying to them, it's time to arise, to awake, shake off the dust, sit enthroned. Arise this morning, church. God is calling his army. This is not a a condemning word in any way, shape, or form. This is an encouraging word. This is a word that is meant to give you hope. This is a word that is meant to infuse you with the Holy Spirit so that you can begin to pour out from inside of you and connect with God and co-labor with him here on earth. Amen? Isaiah 61, 1 and 2 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. Do you know we usually stop at the day of the Lord's favor? Oh, but today, today, this is a season for the church. I feel like God is saying, today is the day of the Lord's favor and the vengeance of our God against our enemies. 
I feel like God is saying, I'm starting to pour into my people. I'm starting to infuse them with hope. I'm starting to infuse them with a fresh feeling, a fresh faith, so that they can come awake and they can come alive and they can start to co-labor with me in that which I want. I have already done through the crucifixion of my son and his resurrection and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, I am telling my people that it's time for you to rise up and not by might, no by power but by my spirit co-laboring with you that we are going to enact vengeance on the spiritual enemies, the enemies that have taken down your children, the enemies that have taken down your life and caused you to not live that abundant life that my son has died for you to have. It is today the day of God's favor. It is today the day of the vengeance of God against his enemies. Your spiritual enemies is God's enemy. He's got your back. He's for you. He loves you. He wants to see you set free. He wants to see you living that abundant life. He needs our yes. He needs to change our perspective. Um, years ago, uh, there was a picture that I, I saw of two horses. There was a black horse on one side of a ravine up on the top, and there was a white horse on the other side. And the black horse was representative of the enemy. And that black horse, funny enough, was as still as can be. And in the stillness of that black horse... I could, I could feel that it was trying to intimidate me. And I was the white horse, and I was the heart, well, I was the heart of the white horse, is what uh, the picture was. And I was just this new Christian that was kind of grabbing a hold of, of what I thought God was wanting me to do in terms of taking down the enemy. And um, as this white horse, I was like, God, just let me, let me go, just let me... Let me call me, do me, let me do my thing, you know, I know you God and I want to take down the enemies and, and I could be even a little bit um, uh, arrogant towards the enemy, not towards other people, but arrogance towards the enemy. And if we're too arrogant towards the enemy and we're not quite aligned with where we need to be with God, the enemy can end up taking us down instead. Um, and so thankfully God in his wisdom, uh, he was speaking to me in this picture, but um, so as that heart of that white horse, I could see myself that I was just like, I was stamping and I was snorting and I was holding still, but I was, I was snorting. I was like, I was under the reins of the master, but I was like, just, just let me go. <laughs> and um, then he began to show me uh, throughout the years, different places where I was, was as that white horse. And he had originally said to me, when that heart of that white horse is still and quiet and at rest, then that horse will be ready to go against the enemy. And over the years, there were different times without me asking for it, it would just, boom, that picture would be back. And God would be showing me where the horse was at a different stage. And again, that was my heart that he was revealing to me. And so there was other places where, okay, yeah, I had stopped the snorting, and I had stopped the stamping, but if you've ever seen a horse that is just wanting to go, but it, it is under control, the whole body just quivers. Like you can see every muscle in the horse just kind of quiver from the top of it to, the, to its hooves. 
and that was me still. <laughs> and then there came a day um, where God showed me that, that that heart of that white horse had just stilled and rested and quieted, and I felt like he said to me, now you're ready. And there was a certain degree of spiritual warfare that began to come upon my life where I could enact vengeance on God's enemies, co-laboring with him. Um, but I believe that God is showing me that horse again. And what I thought was just an understanding of stillness and rest and submission to the master. I feel like God is, is saying that, that we're coming into another season where that heart of that horse needs to know that it's not just about stillness, rest, and submission and obedience to God, but it's also about knowing who we are and what our mission is. It's knowing that we are children of the King, an heir and co-heir with Christ, our warrior King. It's knowing that we are a citizen of heaven. It's knowing that we are ambassadors of Christ of heaven and it's knowing that we may live here on earth but we are not from here we're from another kingdom there's a place where we can kind of grasp what God wants for us on this earthly level. But God is wanting to change our posture. He wants to change our position. He wants to give us a different perspective and a different view that we would know that we are reigning with Christ to earth, not trying to come from earth, calling the kingdom down. He wants us to know who we are so that we can let the kingdom out. Amen. Acts 2 in the upper room says in, they were already prepared, they were positioned, they were postured to receive God's power and promises. And it was an outpouring um, that will happen when we too grab a hold of the idea that we are not waiting for revival to happen. We are the revival. I think this is exciting. <laughs> this is exciting. If you think about Ezekiel and the vision of the river uh, flowing through the temple, and it was representative of the churches throughout the age, and the move of the Holy Spirit, that it would start out small. Remember the, the expansion of the universe that I was talking about? Small, and then it gets faster and faster, further and further. The river starts out small at the ankles, then it's to the knees, and then it's to the waist, and then it's so overwhelming that we can't swim in it. And Ezekiel was seeing the church in our day that we're going to be swimming in the power and the presence and the glory of God in such a way that it's going to feel overwhelming. But guess what? We're going to know Jesus so much. We're going to be so in love with him that we don't care. He has our full yes. He has our full commitment. Nothing happens back. God, you have held nothing back from us. You have revealed your glory. The kabod of your presence means nothing hidden, nothing held back. And God is saying, I want you to. I want my bride, I want my people to hold nothing back. I want them to have their glory revealed to me as well, that I have their complete yes. And when he gets his yes and our yes in such a way, then we are ready to have the revival, that river to flow in our lives and in our community and in the nations. Amen? There's one more thing. I mean, there's so much I could have, I, but anyway, that's all good. Um, 
There was, there was one more thing. And I know this isn't a teaching upon teaching, a line upon line. This is a prophetic word. This is a message from God. This is a revelation word. This is something that can change you and transform you. Something is being seeded in you this morning. And I just want to, I do want to give, I, feel, I felt it this morning and I feel it now. I need to give some of you a warning. This is a testing ground. This season of talking about the outpouring, God's testing us. Don't, don't be mistaken. He's, he's, he's seeing who's going who's gonna to lap from the, from the river or those that are going to kneel down because they're ready to fight and they're going to they're gonna bring the water to their mouth because they're ready to fight. They're watching what's going on around them. You may not know that, that story, but if... It's in the Old Testament, and it was uh, the army of Gideon. And uh, God was testing to see who was ready to go and fight with Gideon. This is a testing moment. God's watching us. He's watching to see how we respond to his word. He's watching to see who's hungry, who's thirsty, who isn't. And those that are hungry and thirsty, he says, I will fill you with my righteousness. I will fill you with my spirit and my presence. Why is he testing us? Because he wants our full yes. He will not take anything else. God is not a mediocre God. We're either all in or we're not. We can't, we're, we can't be on one side of the line or the other. We're either all in or we're not. And it's not to say that if you're not all in this morning that you can't get there. What he is saying is, make sure you get there. Call out to me. Help me to help you get there so that you have a full yes. And I just wanted to um, speak this morning about um, when we had the deeper worship night. And Carling was singing a prophetic word. And she was singing about, we want more. And I had my eyes closed. And as I opened my eyes, I saw her. She was, she was singing with the mic with this hand. But this hand, she was going like this. And she was singing, we want more. We want more. We want more. And what, all I could see was this train. It was like she was enacting this train. And I felt like the train was just gaining momentum. And it was speaking about the presence of God. And as we said, we want more, he said, I want more. Do you want more? We're like, we want more. He's like, do you want more? I'll give you more. We want more. I want more too, God says. And there's just this, this coinciding, this oneness, this co-laboring, this, this mixing of the outpouring of our hearts to him and his outpouring of his heart to us that's going to combine, it's going to collide in such a way that there is a momentum that is going to begin to move faster and faster and faster and farther because of that momentum. Do you want more this morning? God wants more. Are you going to give him your yes? Are you going to give him your all in? Yes, I want more, God. Oh my goodness, I'm hungry. I don't know about you, but I am so hungry for the power and the presence of God to come on earth like the Bible says that we are to be experiencing. I want the signs and the wonders and the miracles. I don't want them for in and of themselves. I want God, but because God is here, then he says, I will take vengeance on my enemies. I will break out and I will begin to heal with you. I'll begin to co-labor with you. I'll begin to heal blind eyes. I will begin to set people free. I will begin to cause the lame to walk.
I guess I'm, I think I'm going to close. I think I've covered everything. I'm going to close with John 17, 1 to 23, and it says this. And Jesus lifted his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all humanity. I have revealed your name to those you have given me out of the world. And they knew with certainty that I came from you. And they believed that you sent me. I will no longer be in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by your name. The name that you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and guarded them by your name. The name you gave me. I have given them the glory that you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may be perfectly united in Acts chapter 2 in the upper room it says that they were in, all in one accord 120 who had said Jesus you have my yes Jesus I do not understand what you are about to do but you have given me another perspective of the move of God here on earth and I give you my full yes nothing held back God you have my everything Whew. that was 120 God you have my everything. God, nothing held back. I'm all in. I'm committed. And do you know that that one accord was them aligning with God's yes? And in that oneness, in that unity, in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the blood that he shed on the cross for them. He said, I've finished it. I complete it. I've done it all. I now give you the gift, the outpouring of my Holy Spirit. You now have God, the Father, the kingdom of God living inside of you. Go and co-labor with my spirit to bring the kingdom, expand the kingdom until the end of the age has come. I have given you all authority. You're now reigning with me. You're now brought from an earthly perspective to a heavenly perspective. God's raising you up this morning, people. 
He's raising our hearts and our minds that we would reign with Him, not from an earthly perspective, but from a heavenly one. I believe He wants to co-labor with you. I believe He wants to collide with you. I just see this collision. He wants to collide with your yes. His yes is already there. It's yes and amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com. 